0: Welcome to the podcast that's all about empowering women so they can have a thriving career as a mother. This podcast is for high achieving women who want to have a successful career without sacrificing quality time and connection with their kids. Get insights, tips, and strategies about doing work you love by leveraging your natural gifts and superpower as a mom. It's time to change the narrative around being a career mom from one of struggle, sacrifice and stress to something that's empowering, uplifting and rewarding. Thanks for listening and join me on this journey. Hello and welcome to the podcast. I'm so excited to have you on this very first introductory episode. I'm Sharon and I'm the host and creator of this podcast. I'm also the founder of 2.0, which is a training company that teaches women how to stop worrying and become financially confident by mastering your mindset, identity, and beliefs about what's possible for you so that you can reimagine and create the life that you want. This podcast is all about how you can become a financially confident, independent and successful woman so you can experience true financial freedom. But I do this a little differently than what you may be used to hearing from many other personal finance podcasts and I'll talk about this more in a little while. But first, here's a little bit of background as to why I'm choosing to start this podcast now right in the middle of the COVID-19 pandemic. The pandemic has been causing a lot of anxieties and worries and fears about uncertainties especially in terms of jobs and livelihoods that have either been lost already or are at risk of being lost. And obviously, this is creating a lot of fear and anxiety among many people. It's also a time where what we know to be true and familiar are being challenged. For a long time, many of us have the idea and believe that working in a large corporate job was the stable path and the path to financial security, you know, having your regular monthly pay on exactly the day every single month you get that money in. And that has provided financial security for many of us, myself included. But the pandemic has also shown that many big, Large corporates are also struggling to survive at this point in time with the global recession. Many people have either been let go or made redundant, even people who were working in these large corporates. On a more positive side, of course, the pandemic has also helped us to have a deeper appreciation for our essential workers and what they do. People who are in the healthcare sector, people who are working in our grocery stores, people who are working in supply chain, our cleaners, our police officers, fire officers and teachers. So all of these jobs that we used to just take for granted, I think a lot of people are truly appreciating what people in these jobs are doing every single day. The second thing that I'm really excited about is the pandemic has proven that work from home Is possible for many jobs where we used to think that it was not possible. You know, we used to think that if we let people work from home, nothing's going to get done, people are going to be lazy, and it's not going to work out. But we have found since the pandemic, where now work from home has become a default way of working, that there are actually roles that this can work. I mean, of course, there are some jobs that you still need to be in the workplace to get done but there are also many jobs that actually can be done more efficiently and more effectively at home and this has really also challenged something that we used to hold as true And this brings to mind a famous quote by Nelson Mandela who said that it always seems impossible until it's done. And work from home is a classic example of what we once thought to be something that's not possible, not workable, but with the pandemic it has actually forced us to give it a try and in some cases it's actually worked out for the better. And finally, the pandemic is also challenging and forcing us to think out of the box and question a lot of things that we have previously held as truths. And I see this as a good thing. I see this as a positive thing. It's forcing us to think about whether or not having one job is the only way to financial security. So you might be wondering, who is this person who's talking to you? Who is this Sharon and why am I relevant to address this whole idea about becoming more financially confident, overcoming your financial anxieties and worries? Well, I can relate to this financial anxiety of losing your job or potentially losing your job. Because a few years ago, I was also let go from a job that had the title and salary that I wanted. And at that time, I was the primary breadwinner. Um, I was also a woman who was raised around very traditional values where the men were supposed to provide for their families. So at that time, when I lost my job and I was thrust unwillingly into the breadwinning role, I had a lot of my belief systems or what I held as true challenged. My financial security from a good job was lost despite doing everything right or so I thought. I had a good education. I got good grades. I worked hard. I did what I was told. I climbed up the corporate ladder and yet I could lose it just like that and that didn't provide very much financial security at that point in time. Secondly, you know, I also was raised around the whole idea that the men were supposed to provide for their wives and their family. A man was supposed to take care of their family, right? And yet I was thrust into this role of a primary breadwinner. And of course I I took on this role kicking and screaming, like as if I didn't really have a choice. And how this came about was because my husband and I decided to start a cafe. And at that point in time during the startup phase it was not financially viable. And therefore between the two of us I went back into a corporate role because my industry in human resources was a lot easier. I mean, I could quickly get back into a job and quickly get income coming in a lot quicker. And so we decided that my husband would be the one to stay in the cafe and to get the cafe going and to try to get it into a state where it would be self-sustaining. Unfortunately, it never got to that point. And after four years of trying, we decided to close it down because it was not financially viable. But by that time, we had already incurred quite a significant business debt in trying to keep the business going. You know, at the time when I became the breadwinner and we were struggling financially and then I lost my job and then we had this business debt, um, of course, that led to a lot of financial anxieties on my part, but also I held a lot of resentment for my husband because my entire belief system around how a man was supposed to bring home the bacon, my money is my money, his money is my money, at least that was my world. And when that dis- didn't happen and it was the opposite. It was the reverse because I was the one bringing home the bacon. I was the one providing for the family's financial needs and that led to a lot of resentment for my husband and obviously tension in our marriage. I became generally pissed off. I was just always pissed off, very negative, living in a world of scarcity and not enough and it showed up, you know, in not just in my relationships but also at work. I was pissed off at bosses. I was pissed off at jobs. I was pissed off at the tasks I was assigned. Um, I was impatient with the kids. And it was all because I was living in this world of negativity, of scarcity, of not enough. Not enough money, not enough time, not enough capability, not enough recognition, not enough respect, not enough love. And my whole world was just about not enough. And it's really ironic because I'm supposed to be this HR leader, right? I'm supposed to be someone who's risen through the ranks in the industry. I was a leadership trainer and I'm teaching others how to change their mindsets and behaviors to achieve the results they want in their lives professionally. And yet my own financial and personal life was not in such a good shape. And that was when I decided to apply what I know in my professional life to my personal life, to try to make some changes. Over the years since then, I've transformed myself as an anxious worrier about money into someone who knows that no matter what happens, I have what it takes to get through it. And it wasn't through learning any sort of complex financial or investing strategies or stock picking that I got to a point of financial confidence and freedom what really helped me transform my life was working on my purpose, my identity, my beliefs and my value system. And this is hardly the first place people think to start, myself included. But this is exactly what will get you the biggest and most lasting results if you want to become financially free. So now my new identity includes taking pride in being a breadwinning woman in a traditional Asian society, providing a good life for my family, fulfilling my life's purpose by really excelling in doing work I love and work I believe in. And it's turning my false belief on its head. You know, my false belief that you can only earn good money through a big title in a job that would require me to travel a lot, work all the time, and be away from my family. Now I generate multiple income streams through different roles, not just from one job, doing what I love without having to travel or be apart from my family unless it's a travel or holiday that I want and my family is with me. And instead, I get to earn more money by working from home and spending even more time than I ever did before with my family. This really turned all those beliefs I had before really on its head, completely opposite, and still achieving the goals that I want. I incorporated this company, the training company I talked about earlier, 2.0, exactly one year ago on the 1st of November 2019. It's not my first business venture. You've heard about the cafe I I started with my husband, and that was not the first as well. And as long as I'm alive, I'll continue to pursue my dream of becoming a financially successful entrepreneur. I incorporated 2.0 shortly after my dad passed away in October 2019, when I realised that the best way to honour his life and his legacy is for me to never give up on my dream of becoming a financially successful entrepreneur. Because my dad always taught us to do what made us happy, not what we felt others expected us to do. And his famous words are, we must find a way, we must find a way to make whatever it is that we desire happen. And so although I'm all about the mindset I'm also all about taking action. So of course, you must still take action and learn a few things about managing your money well, but these actions are surprisingly easy and they're not difficult once you've mastered your mindset, your identity and beliefs, which are the harder part, which takes time and daily practice. And it's also not the first place most people think to start with. Instead, most people like me, before I learned all this, most people start with all the action that they need to take. They learn about all the financial tactics, investing strategies, how to pick a stock, how to do a stock analysis as the means to gain financial freedom. But that's not the best place to start. Most people start with all that action While their mindset, identity and beliefs are still stuck in the old way that didn't get them the results they wanted in the first place. Then they wonder why all that action they've taken doesn't work. Then they give up and then they say it's no use. Financial freedom, you'll never get it or it's so hard to find. So before I realised that it was my mindset, my identity, beliefs and values that were getting in my way of financial freedom, financial confidence, and that this was precisely the thing that I needed to work on, I, I was at a point where I kept hearing myself say, oh, maybe I'm just not cut out to be an entrepreneur. After all, if you tried so many different ventures and it still didn't work out, probably you just don't have what it takes. You know, maybe I just don't have what it takes to be financially independent and successful. Maybe I just really need to have someone as my backup plan financially. And this was the voice that was playing in my head. It was self-doubt. And self-doubt is the biggest killer of our dreams. You doubt yourself. You doubt your ability to get what you desire that's deep in your heart. So you give up on your dream. You give up on yourself. You give up on your life. But as the Dalai Lama said, sometimes things go wrong. That's normal. But we have a saying In Tibetan, nine times fail, nine times try again. I've had a deep desire to be my own boss, to be an entrepreneur for a long, long time. It's been years. I just didn't know how it would happen and I didn't know when it would happen. I tried all sorts of things and as I said earlier, I even ended up in debt and still I wasn't getting closer to my goal of becoming an entrepreneur. So I thought I failed and just wasn't meant to be an entrepreneur. I just don't have what it takes. But as one of my learners so wisely taught me, the journey is the goal. By staying open to the how and the when that I would achieve my dreams, whether it's through a single job with the title and salary I wanted, or through multiple roles and multiple income streams, I just have to stay open to the how and the when and focus on fixing my mindset, my identity, my values and my purpose because meaning and purpose can come from what hurts us the most. For me, what hurt me the most was my personal financial crisis when I lost my job and experiencing the lows in my marriage, my businesses and it was through that that I found my purpose and my meaning. Besides being a great mom and wife to my family, my purpose and mission is to help other women be financially confident, independent and successful. One of the things that helped me work on my mindset, my identity and beliefs is applying Robert Doltz's logical levels to discover my life's purpose to change my identity, my whole value and belief system. So let me briefly explain how Diltz's logical level works. And if you want a more detailed explanation of how to apply it to your life, download my free audio guide, which you can grab at 2.0.me forward slash audio. And I'll leave this link also in the show notes. DILTS explains the logical levels as a way that we experience the world around us. So if you can imagine a pyramid with six levels or six layers, right at the bottom of the pyramid, the base, the biggest portion of the pyramid, you have environment. And this is literally your physical environment. This is where you live, the country you live in, the house you live in, the place that you go to, the school you go to. So that's your physical environment. Above the level of the environment is behavior. So, behaviour are the actions that we do in our physical environment. What do you do at work to get your work done? That's your behaviour. Above behaviour is the level of capabilities, or sometimes you can think of it as skills. So, if you carry out certain actions at your workplace, you might need to have certain capabilities and skills in order to carry out that action and do that behaviour at your workplace. Above capabilities is values and beliefs. So that's the fourth layer up, values and beliefs. These are what you believe to be how the world works, what's right, what's wrong, what's cause and effect. If you do something, you expect something else to happen. That's the level of values and beliefs. Above the level of values and beliefs is identity. This is all about who you are, what kind of a person you are. So if you're someone who's very responsible, organized and dependable, you get things done, then that's going to be the sort of person you are and that's really going to drive what you feel is right and wrong and the actions that you do. So if you're dependable, you keep your word, you don't feel that it is right for you to break a promise to someone. If you told someone you'll get something done, You'll get it done, no matter how busy or tired you are, because that's who you are. You're someone that others can count on. So that's your identity. And at the very top of the pyramid, which is the sixth level, is what Diltz calls purpose or spirituality. I prefer the word purpose. It is more encompassing. And also spirituality sometimes misleads people to think that it's only religion. So although religion falls in this level under spirituality, but spirituality is way more than religion. This is the idea of who else? What else are we here for? Who else are we here for? It could be a cause or a mission that you support. It could be your family because everything you do is not just for yourself anymore. It is for your kids. It's for your your spouse. It's for your family. It's for your parents. And so it is beyond you, this is something that is beyond just yourself. The thing about how Diltz's logical levels works is that most people, when they see something they don't like, for example, they want to have financial freedom because they feel like they always never have enough money and they want to have more money and have financial security, right? So we work on the level of our environment. And what do we do when we work from that level? We look at what's not working. We look at the money we don't have in our bank account. We change our jobs to get a bigger job, a bigger pay, more recognition. We work on a promotion because we want to have more money, right? So that's really working from the level of our environment and our behavior. So what we do differently, we find a new job. What we do differently, maybe we work really, really hard to try to get the recognition in order to get that promotion. And in order to do that, sometimes we may need to get some new capabilities and skills, right? We need to expand what we are able to do. Therefore, we learn some new skills. But most of the time, we stop there. And that is the reason why we don't get the results that we want to see in our lives, at least not in the long term. We don't actually look at our values, our beliefs, our identity and our purpose, which are the top three levels in Diltz's pyramid. Because what Diltz is saying is, if you work from the bottom up, you may may be able to see the change and the results you want in your life, but it's not a guarantee. And that's when sometimes people give up. Because what you're trying to do does not align with your purpose, identity and values. And then you will slip back to what is in alignment with your values and your beliefs and your identity. If your identity is someone who is not confident around money, not confident around your own capability to generate all the money that you want, and your identity is someone who will always be falling back on someone else and be dependent on someone else, whether it's a job Or somebody else for money, then your actions are going to revert back to that kind of an identity over time. Instead, what Dills is saying is when we work from the top of the pyramid down, which means we start from our purpose, we start from our identity, we start from our values and beliefs, when we work from the top down, it always guarantees that the lower level will change. And in fact, if you start from purpose and work through your identity, your identity then drives the values and beliefs or what you believe to be right in this world and the way the world ought to work. That will then drive the kind of skills you then seek to get, the new capabilities that you get in order to support that identity. And when you have those new skills and capabilities, your actions therefore will reflect, you will apply those new skills and abilities. And what happens in your physical environment ends up being a byproduct of your purpose and your identity and your values and beliefs of the higher levels in the pyramid. So that's how this DILT's logical levels really helped me in terms of transforming my own life. It was only when I realized that I was working from the wrong way around. I was still living with an identity of a financially dependent person. Therefore, I did not have the confidence in myself, whether it's in a job or as an entrepreneur. And that was what was preventing me from getting the results that I want. So what can you expect from this podcast? Well, you definitely won't hear more financial information and financial jargon about the best investing strategy, the hottest stock, or how you must cut coupons and save every single cent and live a frugal life so you can retire by the age of 30. No. I may talk about these a little bit in terms of the practical actions, but I believe that the very first step to becoming financially confident, independent and free is really to transform yourself. That means transform the person you are, your purpose in life, who you are being, what's your identity, what are your values and beliefs. Do you believe you have what it takes to be financially confident, independent and successful? If deep down you still see yourself as not good enough, not capable enough and dependent on others, I don't care whether it's a job, a husband, a dad, the government, whatever, as long as you see it as something external of yourself to provide for you, you will never be financially free. So in each weekly episode, you'll learn the practical actions and the deep, deep inner work you must do if you want to become a financially confident woman and ultimately experience true financial freedom. And I do this through a combination of guest interviews and also me sharing ideas, tips, frameworks and strategies about how you can become financially confident and independent and free, designing and living a life you want. The idea here is to lift others by sharing our journeys, how we've come to terms with challenges we face in our lives. And I'll be talking to guests on this podcast about how they have overcome the challenges they face in their lives and how they are living their own version of a successful life as a financially confident woman. Dr. Edith Eva Eager said in her book, The Choice, Celebrate the choice to dismantle the prison in your mind brick by brick. You can't change what happened. You can't change what you did or what was done to you. But you can choose how to live now. You can choose to be free. So financial freedom is really a choice of your state of mind and your state of being. It's not about more financial knowledge alone. You have to make this choice first, to work on your purpose, your identity, your beliefs and your values. Who are you becoming? Then take the actions to become this type of a person. And that's when you can become a woman who's financially confident, independent and free. So Dr. Edith's mom also shared this quote that she shares with the rest of us. We don't know where we're going. We don't know what will happen, but no one can take away from you what you put in your mind. That's really powerful and that's really the principle from where I work on in terms of true financial freedom, true financial confidence and independence. Thanks so much for listening and I'll talk to you again soon. Thanks for listening. If you like this podcast, please subscribe and leave a review so that more women can find it and benefit from it. To learn more about how you can thrive as a career mom, come to my free masterclass, Thriving in Career and Motherhood. Go to SharonSingSidu.com forward slash meetup to register. I look forward to seeing you there.